welcome back to another episode of Reptile in Chill. Hi. Hi. How are you? We seem to be uh, missing someone. There's definitely one voice that hasn't interrupted us yet. Uh, which, which well, the fact that we've, we've actually been able to speak as well. <laughs> yeah, that makes me assume that there's definitely one missing. Hmm. <laughs> do you want to talk about it, or do you want to uh, give, let him have his <laughs> modesty? I don't, I don't think he deserves his modesty. <laughs> right, okay. Um, I'll explain. Right, okay. So today, uh, it's the 11th, Sunday the 11th of August, I went to Hamilton Zoo Park in Cambridge. And a couple of months ago, um, there's a lovely lad who works there. He runs the reptile department. Uh, and he invited us all down. Um, his name is Ben. Lovely man. And ben. 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 Ben, Ben. Ben who? I can't remember his surname. Uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, so he invited us all down uh, this was months ago. And we kind of never really took that opportunity up. Um so I thought, you know what, sorry, I've got my daughter today. I'll um, I'll go down. So mm-hmm. I give him a message, sorted it out, and had a lovely, lovely day. And I'll go through some of the animals that I saw in a minute. Mike had a bit of a fanny fit. Mm. I know, and and the worst thing is, is is I was only like an hour away, if that, and you, you didn't even see me. No, the thing is, though, you were busy. You know what I mean. So you couldn't make it anyway. So I thought I'd just go down, and because you couldn't make it, I thought, well, I won't mention it to Phelps because, you know, it's. It's not fair for me and him always to meet up and then you, you to miss out all the time. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to have some daddy and daughter day. And he kicked off, um, basically, he did, he... using the podcast's connections for my own pleasure. Like he was fuming, wasn't he? But he, he won't come on the show. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what his problem is. Did he, did, he, did he speak to you on the phone? Did he, did he say that? That he was like, was it, I'm, not, no, he, I'm not coming on? He texts me. He won't even answer the phone, mate. <laughs> no what? Like, I, I is he really that pissed off? I hope he's not. Um, <laughs> but I heard I heard some about him going away for the week because he's sick of our shit or something like that. Um, <laughs> well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, I, I think well, to be honest though, when blokes get older, I know a lot of women go through the menopause, but yeah, you know, I think men do that. You know, change as well. And I think he's going through that. Um, so we'll, we'll give it him this time, uh, but. It's it's not on really. He's let us down what five times in like two weeks. It's got to be yeah. What is it? So Friday, there was the Friday. There was S- the Saturday night club. Saturday night, and then Sunday barbecue. Sunday barbecue, and then there was another time on Sat Sunday, wasn't there? What was that? It was four. Oh, was I can't remember um, what it was. It was four. Four. He's done, he definitely done four. So that was four. So this is five. Yeah, uh, this is five times in the last fortnight. Well, I'm I'm in a bit of a stalemate because obviously um, this is non-profit and we're not employees of Reptile and Chill, so I can't even send him a P45, mate. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Uh, yeah. Should we? Um... I think we can draft the P45. Just make it look real. Possibly. Um, I. You know what? We'll get over it. Um, but Hamilton Zoo was awesome. Really, really good. Was it? Um, they've got I need that... to know who this Ben is. This oh, is driving me crazy. It's not Ben Smith, is it? No, he's not on Facebook. No, he's, he's miles he does, away. He doesn't he? do Facebook and all that jargon. Um, he's one, remember ages ago, he emailed us, um, telling us to come down and check the park out. No. 
I did tell you about it. <clears throat> Just going to be totally honest. No, <laughs> I don't remember that. But the the, the zoo itself's got loads of animals that you don't normally see. Um, okay. So they've got like Sumatran white beaded civets. Um, they've got dingoes, greater greasons, uh, maned wolves. Um, uh, loads and loads of giant anteater. Um, binturongs. You see them quite frequently these days. It sounds like more. Uh, more of the endangered stuff. Yes, yeah, so they look like is it Bactrian camels or whatever they're called. Right. Um, then I'm trying to think what else they had. Um, is it Pudus, Chilean Pudu? Mm. Little antelope-looking thing. Um, it sounds like you just sneezed into a cup. Oh yeah. They had Prevost, <laughs> Prevost squirrels. They were quite cute. Um, obviously, they had like zebras. Um, they had tigers. And tiger cats. Um, did I mention giant anteaters? Do you know how fucking cool they are? <laughs> they are pretty cool. I must I, admit. I, I had as well, and I was really shocked at how big they were. Wombats. Have you ever seen a wombat? Yeah. Like, they're massive. They're yeah, they're pretty cool. I didn't. Uh, I yeah. didn't think they were. They're that surprisingly, cool. surprisingly big. Yeah. But yes, it was pretty cool. It was a, it's a nice day out. The weather was forecast to be horrendous. Um. I mean, we got there for about half ten, and we didn't leave till probably two o'clock. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's plenty to do, plenty to see. Had a bit of a walk round, uh, went into the reptile house. The reptile house was cool. Um, I had some healers, uh, black-headed pythons, boss monitor. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a very new reptile house. They're only starting to build it up now. Um, yeah. But it was pretty cool. I was quite impressed. Everything was nice and clean. Um, can't moan. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, I, think, sounds good. I think Michael now go on his own. Um, and venture there himself to find out what was going on, um, mm-hmm. whether he tells us about it or not. We will, we will find out. I can't wait to find out. I just word, words <laughs> I'm genuinely excited. <laughs> right, okay. Um, have we spoken to our guest and told him a time for this evening, or probably not? Knowing us, who have we got on? <laughs> who have we got on? <laughs> wait. Are you serious? What's his name? Uh, can't remember now. Fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, Brandon. 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 Brandon Wheeler. I did actually. I did actually. Know. I was making sure that you you know. Um, <laughs> do you want to do me a favour and drop him a message? Tell him like five minutes. Yes. Cool. Already done it. See. Okay. So you, the listeners have probably noticed that on Thursday we did a live feed. And normally on the podcast now, we'd be talking about the news and updates and Agony Danny and all that malarkey. Um, we're not going to mm-hmm. do that anymore on the show. We're going to concentrate on the guests, get more at the guests and spend more time with the guests. Yeah. And we're going to leave our live show to all the fucking about and the bits and pieces <laughs> that you probably enjoy more than the actual guests. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that's what we're going to do from now on. Um, so really to get straight into it. So before we get Brandon on, um, I just want to thank everyone for Carpet Fest, everyone who came down again. It was re- really, really good. Really enjoyed it. Um, for those who are listening for the first time, please check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at our handle, Reptile and Chill. If you do want to help support us, you can buy some of our merchandise. We've got some lovely T-shirts and hoodies for sale, and they are available on reptileandchill.bigcartel.com. And that is about it. Obviously, at the moment, all of our profits are going to Mental Health UK. That will be changing very soon, and we're going to be going over to Papyrus, uh, who specialise in helping with um, 
younger people with mental health problems and more importantly helping support their families that go through this as well um that's about it really anything you want to add yeah no i'm just messaging brandon you're such so slow sorry right um it's been a mess up yeah yeah can we can we be honest though I think you should do Agony Danny, mate. I know we're not doing it in the podcast, but <laughs> fucking go like, for it, son. Literally 10 minutes ago, you was like, right, we're, we're not going to do Agony Danny. We're going to have it on the video instead. But I'm fucking fuming. I am fuming. Mate, I, I'm, past, I'm past fuming. P45 all over it. <laughs> so not only has Phelps fucking let us down tonight. You know what, right? He said... Uh, you know, you, you know, you explain it all. Where is he? We, we lied, right? He didn't have a fanny fit. Where is he? What's he doing? He's gone on holiday, a little what? prick. Last minute holiday. Sorry, yeah. guys. I'm going to... Um, I've got Wi-Fi in the cottage <laughs> in Cornwall. Um, it'll, it'll be, be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. Mate, right, he knows you weren't going to get Wi-Fi. Three minutes before the podcast. Hey, guys, I can't get on. I've got no internet, whatever. Okay. <clears throat> and then that uh, that wasn't even the worst bit no because we can deal without him yeah that's fine we'll accept that but the worst thing is is he set up this whole podcast with Brandon Wheeler and he's obviously forgotten the fact that America's a rather big place and there's slightly different time zones over there so he set up Brandon Wheeler for 2 o'clock his time thinking he was on the East Coast or whatever. But really, we've just gone, hey, Brandon, are you ready? At the at the time that we would have agreed. <laughs> and we're actually two and a half hours early. <laughs> like, not even half an hour, but two and a half hours early. <clears throat> and Brandon's like, shit, dude, no, I'm not ready. So, uh, yeah, <sighs> we've had to pause the podcast. We've had to wait around for... Which, well, which, no, which, which means that there's now, I've now got to put two different recordings together you know it's, which it's just... which adds which adds to your editing time oh my god you like you're going to be swearing at felt so much it's just not on really it's not on okay. i think p45 should be in that fucking I, I, post I, I don't think we should even give him the the the, the privilege of having a p45 we should just like <laughs> ba- bash and dash block done gone <laughs> block it <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's phelps yeah, who? Mike, who? What? Yeah, go on then. Okay, Eleanor, on. bring Eleanor on. That's what I say. Oh my God. <laughs> Eleanor, Eleanor, you've got the job. <laughs> if any, if anybody didn't know what a squee was, that's that's what that is. Um, that's what a squee is. <laughs> uh, Eleanor was just passed out. Good. Leave it there. Call Brandon in. Right, cool. <laughs> I think, honest to God, she's that excited. She might come back in a bit. Hopefully she wakes up. She's a little slut anyway. Right. Calling in. Calling, calling, calling. You right, hey, dude? guys. What's going on? I'm good. I'm good. Yourself? Doing well. Doing well. Set up here in the reptile room. It's twelve o'clock, so I got my first beer of the day going. We're 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 solid over here. That's, that's that perfect. that is some that is some early drinking. I love it. <laughs> now the well, co- you're, you're you're good influences. 
Well, how many? How many? <laughs> just to keep it interesting, how many beers have you got? Uh, in the fridge. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going six cold, maybe twelve hot. I uh, for Carpet Fest, uh, we went up to um Central California, and the Firestone Brewery is up there, and a really good buddy of mine, Travis, with uh, Living Legless Reptiles, he works at Firestone, so he gets you know really cool stuff, and he gets cases of it, you know, as part of being an employee there. That's part of his deal. And there's this unreleased IPA that's still in like the testing phases that they bought just for their employees and he hooked me up with a case of them and uh they're freaking good that's what i'm drinking i don't even know what it is or what it's called or what i just know no one else has one so that's okay. so and you, it gets you drunk so do you, yes are you aware of our past history with americans on this podcast and what happens to them uh, just that royal pythons are all that we keep over here there ain't no such thing as a ball python right and, oh, and uh, a lot well, we we killed Joe. Actually, no, we went on to Joe's show uh, from, from the ground down, and um, uh-huh. put, put this way, he got that drunk. We had to close the show for him. <laughs> that show that show was actually hilarious. There, there was a point where I think their internet went down, or or something went down, and we ended up like carrying the podcast for about twenty minutes. <laughs> I have a really bad history of having too much to drink on podcasts, so I'm going to try to keep it nice and level. Luckily, we're, we're just starting my day, so I, I think we're going to be good. Um, I, I, I want to say the last honest, podcast I no, did was the no, worst. Right. There's, a, there's um, a word that I'm thinking. It's another name for a cat. Oh, can we say that here? We, we, can, can, we, that? we can indeed. Feline. Yeah, you fucking pussy. <laughs> pussy. <laughs> pussy. Anyways, dude, um, who are you and what do you do? Uh, my name is Brandon Wheeler. Uh, Morelia House is my uh, pretend business name and uh, where I spend most of my money. The Lord knows I don't really make any money doing Morelia House, but it makes me feel better about it because, you oh, know, when, when you can – yeah, you know, because when you're you're putting all this money, it's like towards a thing, and there's just like this make believe company that doesn't really exist. Then it's like, I don't know. It just it makes me feel better about spending most of my paychecks on this awesome hobby. So, uh, la- my- so ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Wheeler is the most honest person you'll ever meet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my thing is uh, uh, scrub pythons, carpet pythons. I've got some other random stuff, but um, carpets and scrubs are definitely where my passion lies, and you know what I'm really into. Okay, so let's let's start with your scrubs. What are you keeping at the moment? Uh, so right now I have five adults. Uh, three of them. I have a trio of Sarong locality barnecks, and then I have a pair of uh, Southern uh, Maruke locality. Mm. And uh, I was able to breed the Southerns last year, uh, which is the only time I bred scrub pythons. Uh, I've gotten one clutch. That's it. Hopefully this year does better for me. Uh, but I kept a pair of holdbacks, so I've got uh, some some yearling uh, holdbacks from that clutch. So seven total. And then I, I wanted to breed Barnex, and I've been trying to breed Barnex. Last year I had the worst luck ever. I mean, I never had any locks. They really didn't seem interested in each other. And then, uh, you know, I, I couldn't figure out why, so I sexed them, and it turns out I was trying to breed two females the whole year. That, and, that uh, doesn't work. No, no, it doesn't. 
But uh, within about an hour of figuring out I had two females, I found a male that I knew of a male that was available locally that was an adult. Uh, so I, I picked him up, and now I've got a trio, and hopefully this year I'll have some better luck. Mm. Okay, so I, I've dabbled with scrubs over the years, and I don't think they've got this this uh, reputation of you know these being these highly strung, snappy, aggressive animals. Um, the ones that I've kept have always been quite placid. Have you found this, or am I talking shit? It depends on the snake, man, because I have both. I mean, do you want a super ornery, gonna bite your face off scrub? I've got it. Do you, do you want a scrub that you can hand to, you know, an eight-year-old kid and let him hold it, and it'll be completely fine, and I'll trust it explicitly? Yeah, I've got that too. Um, so it's 50-50. You, you never really know. I've got, out of the five adults I have, three of them will bite you. One of them will bite you a lot, and the other two, they've, they've never even struck at me. So it's kind of a mixed bag. Sounds like your, your average carpet python, to be fair. Um, I've got, I've no. got some arse, I've got some real assholes and I've got some real chilled ones. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that. I think the main difference is with carpets, we're a lot further along in the captive breeding process. And, uh, you know, it's yeah. not like there's a whole bunch of wild caught carpets floating around. And, uh, if you had a room full of wild caught carpets, then yeah, it would probably be a lot like my room full of wild caught scrubs. Yeah. Um, you know, I think carpets have the one up on the scrubs just through generations of captive breeding. We've landed on having some pretty chill animals, kind of like retics, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Okay, cool. So what kind of enclosures are you keeping your scrubs in and your, your heating and that kind of thing? Not the best. I would love to upgrade, you know, the, as time goes on, I've kind of, I've always been a bit of a minimalist keeper. Um, and now I'm starting not to be. It's been a slow transition. Um, currently, uh, my favorite girl, she gets the good cage. She's in a six foot by two foot by four foot. And uh, everybody else is in four foot by two foot by 15s. And they're all ready to go bigger. They all need six foot cages. I need to buy a house. Uh, so that's on the, the first to-do list. Hopefully I'll buy a house in March. And the day I close escrow, everybody gets upgraded to six footers. It's kind of the game plan at this point. But, you know, mm -hmm. they, they, they do all right in the four foot cages. You know, my scrubs are all about eight, nine feet long. So they're in too small enclosures, period. Um, unfortunately, money is a thing, and uh, you can only do so much with what you've got, and it's all about incrementally making things uh, bigger and better in my collection. So one, one setup at a time, I'm getting there. Uh, I use radiant heat panels for heating. Uh, I use herpostats for my thermostat. And I've got a pretty good switch between using grapevine and uh, you know the PVC removable perches. Um, I find that my scrubs do best on shelves, um, both for me and for them. They tend to like the shelves a little bit better. That's where I normally find them, and they're a hell of a lot easier to get out of their cages that way. Um, one part of scrub keeping that I've, I've found to be very helpful, uh, especially for the ornery ones, is I have – I have, you know, Tupperware bins that are, you know, fully opaque, you know, that I get over at the Home Depot for, um, for them to hide in. And I went ahead and I drilled out 
uh, holes for like a clean out cover for plumbing, like ABS clean out covers that I've, I've glued in as their entrance. That way I can go in, I can screw a lid on it and whatever they're in there, in their hide, I can just shut the hide, you know, take it out, remove it, clean their cage, do whatever I have to do. And I don't really have to mess with the animals very much because they're already secured and not stressed out. So I think that's ideal Okay, so at least like for a, me. Almost like a DIY trap box. Um, exactly. That works. I've never really thought about doing that before. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, so moving... For, we'll, we'll go back to your scrubs in a bit because I want to get into the uh, the breeding side of things as well with it. Uh, but moving yeah. forward to your carpet pythons, uh, what are you keeping in that way? So I've had a lot of everything over the years. I started keeping carpets when I was probably 16. Uh, I'm 33 now. And uh, I got my first clutch of them when I was about 19, and I've I've consistently bred them ever since. So I've been getting eggs for a long time. Uh, But I've, you know, I've moved around a lot, so I've really reset my collection. And I have almost exclusively jungles now. Um, I do have a pair of Brisbane Locality Coastals, which I'm really, really fond of. Uh, they, They get a little bit larger than a lot of the other coastals we have in the States. And uh, that the deep red that they have is just freaking mind blowing to me. I just really appreciate them. Big old fat heads. I love those guys. And then otherwise, I'm working with jungle stuff. Uh, I've got some gelatin locality jungles, which again I'm really fond of. It's just so much different than the the typical, really anything else. They're just unique uh, in their own right. Um, the ivory project is one that I'm really fond of, uh, that, uh, Nick, it's, you know, Nick Mutton over here, he has an ivory project, uh, that I'm diving into, uh, pretty deep. And, and that's, I just, I really want to make black and white zebras. That's a, that's a definitely a long-term goal for me. And, uh, mm-hmm. I just love the zebra morph in general. Uh, I hatched some, some pretty cool zebras this year that, that uh, I like a lot. One's a little funky, a little different. You know, he was really easy to pick. He's a holdback. And I just want to refine zebra as much as I can and either make it as black and white as possible or just as funky and strange looking as possible. I'm almost shooting for chaotic as far as my, you know, my plans for the zebra project. I just want weird, funky looking snakes. That's cool. It's cool as long as you've got an aim in your, uh, you know, you can push forward to, to doing that. I think, especially with some of the, the zebra stuff, it really kind of breaks up the pattern as well, doesn't it? With the, uh, I'm really crap at describing things. Um, <laughs> they are, but to see a, a, a you know a black and a black and white one, that'd be pretty cool. Mm. Um, so, what kind yeah. of ca- what kind of caging are you using for them? Uh, they're called animal plastics out here in the states. Uh, they're just PVC black PVC enclosures. Um, see a sliding front glass. I uh, keep everything in the four foot by two foot by fifteen tall. Uh, you know, large enough to have a perch, a hide box, a water dish, and and, and call it good. I, again, I don't get real crazy with the um, naturalistic stuff as much as I'd like to. Um, because again, you know, I've been keeping this one way for so long, just basic, because it's easy for me. Uh, but I think as much as possible in the future, I would like to go a little larger and just a little bit of a different direction with the keeping style. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to change when you've been doing something the same way for so many years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there, I think there comes a point when you're like, hey, you know what, maybe I can do this a little bit better. And I, I'm at that point where I'm slowly adjusting things it's it's hard to fix something when you feel it's not broken though isn't it yeah 
hundred percent. Exactly. It's work. Great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah think... you feel you feel like you're changing something that, you, sort of in the, in the back of your mind, you feel doesn't really need changing, doesn't need it, but then the, you you've also got this other part of your mind saying, well, no, actually, may, maybe maybe the snakes will benefit from it, you know. So so you you're kind of fighting yourself, aren't you? Yeah, I think, yeah, 100%. I, I think me and Danny have both been through this. I think um, years ago, yeah. we were both quite minimalistic keepers, mm-hmm. and we definitely now both of us go towards the naturalistic side of things. And it, it's a hard one because it, there's pros and cons of both. Obviously, keeping sterile or minimalistic, it's easier to clean. It's mm-hmm. easier to, to, to notice poos. Um, if there's if you do have a problem with parasites, they're a lot easier to spot, a lot easier to notice. Um, you know, and it's it's e- if you're keeping a large amount of animals, it just makes your life so much easier. But what, uh-huh. what I argued with is, okay, is this animal is it getting stimulated how it should be? Or am I taking things away from the animal? And as mu- as much as I researched into it, it took me a while to take that plunge. Um, but to be completely honest, now I've done it, and I, I keep with the full spectrum lighting, and I keep with as naturalistic as I can. Um, now people get confused when they say as close to their natural environment, unless we start using the pH of the plants that come from that locality where the snakes from. It's neon impossible. We're, but we're doing our our best attempt to try and replicate it. Um, uh-huh. I think it's beneficial. I think it, it, the animals, you get a lot more um, behavioural changes. You get to see what the animal is or what I think it should be like in the wild. Um, but it, it's personal preference. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer with it, to be honest. Well, yes. just real quick, I, I think in the the mind fuck, you know, per se, that, that I've gone through with it, is do they really benefit from that it looks like they benefit from it like i can see how like because i want to be how much do they actually care can their brain you know handle something do they enjoy things you know or is their brain such to where enjoyment for them isn't really a thing we just think it is because we want it to be because people enjoy things and mammals enjoy things and monitors as smart as they can absolutely i mean enrichment is one of those things with monitors where you can freaking tell and with snakes it's just it's a lot less obvious and for so many years i've wanted to err on the side of you know what their brain doesn't really work that way it doesn't really matter to them. And now as, as time's gone on and I've listened to other people, I'm starting to think, you know what, maybe. And what's the harm in it? If it doesn't, it looks cool. If it does, cool, it does. You know? I mean I've uh, I've always been I've always been one like just like just like both of you guys, I've I've had the argument with myself like a million times. <clears throat> and um I see. I see what you're saying. Do they do they really enjoy it, or is that something they just naturally do because, you know, they're trying to find a safe spot, or you know, they're trying to just scope out their surroundings just to make sure they are safe. Which you know, is that really a good thing? You know, trying to make them feel unsafe. You know, is mm-hmm. is the argument I've had a million times with myself. Um, but the way I kind of go now is just give them the option. So totally. what I, so what I've tried to do, um, with and what I'm going to try and do with all the upgrades as well, because I'm currently um, in the middle of upgrading everything. Everything's going to be moved and upgraded into bigger tanks, blah blah blah. I'm going to have to do all new tanks. So I think what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to do a little bit of half and half. So they're going to have 
you know, one area of the tank that's naturalistic, completely naturalistic, with all you know natural hides and covers and stuff like that. And then there'll also be a little place that's just fairly plain and simple and just sort of out of the way. Do you know what I mean? So they have yeah. the option. They have the option. They can go to the top of the tank. They can go to the bottom of the tank. They can hide under a, a big pile of leaves, or they can sit on a really plain, simple shelf and do whatever they want. <clears throat> so that's that's kind of just where I'm at now, is, is just giving the animal the option. Does that make sense? If, if yeah, they want to sniff around all the leaves and that, they can. If they, if they don't want to, they can just go and chill in a nice, you know, clean, clear area. It'd be, it'd be interesting. Well, you know, one of my... Oh, go ahead. Carry on, mate. Well, the thing with, you know, like I'm looking at my bar deck right now, and she does two things. She has the biggest cage that's available out of all of my cages, the six foot by four foot tall. And, you know, I can find her in two different spots at any given time. She has an arboreal hide that she'll sit inside of, or she sits mm -hmm. on her shelf underneath the other side where it's nice and hot. Do I see her doing anything else in the enclosure with all of her branches she has, the other hides that she's got, the other? No, I, I don't. She does one of two things, and it depends on if I just fed her or if she's just chilling, and mm -hmm. that's it, you know? And this is the one with the most options possible. So I'm like, man, do you need all this space? Like, are you really going to use it? Do I need, you know? <laughs> it, and it's that internal battle that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, but it, I mean, you know, as you've done it, you've you've given the animal, we, you've given yourself a peace of mind, really, haven't you? You've given the animal those options. You know, here's here's a million branches for you to run and climb up on, and you know, exercise on, and here's a, a thousand smells for you to stimulate yourself with, and stuff like that. You know, um, uh -huh. do, do, are you going to use them? Probably not. But here's the option, because that's yeah. what I should do, as a keeper. That's what I, sh I should do. You know, I think, um, I think what it comes down to as well, Matt, is that by giving them the options, then we get the chance to to observe them and see what they do do with these things. And there might be certain things that they totally ignore, and you thought, right, okay, we'll scrap that, we'll take it out, and replace it with something else. And then you might find that you get a reaction from yeah, that specific yeah. It's good to know. It's good to know with certain things you might be wasting your time. You know, so. As you as you say, you can scrap one thing and maybe try something a little bit different, or maybe you don't you don't know. Maybe you've just got a boring as hell snake that doesn't like any of that stuff. Cool, I'll just keep you in what you've got. If you're happy, that's <laughs> if you're happy, I'm happy. Right. It's weird. It's 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 going to be a never-ending battle. I don't think anybody's ever going to nail this, ever. In a thousand years, yeah. I don't think we're going to have this nailed because we'll I, never I... figure them out. Totally. No, you're right. I think one of the more, more interesting snakes that I own to watch is actually a pretty underrated species, my Amazon tree boas. Um, I do have them in a you know rather tall enclosure and a whole kind of a lot of stuff going on. And man, those mm -hmm. snakes are a lot more active than people give them credit for. They're freaking all over the place. Yeah, it, Amazon tree Amazon tree boas are crazy active, like all the time. I find when when they when they're going into shed usually they're quite they you know they tend to um, just sit and hide for a few days and literally not show their face at all. That's what I found. Um, but after that, when they're hungry, when they're cruising around the tank, they're they're out all day long. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. And I find uh, arboreal hides are, are the way to go with pretty much everything I keep. Um, 
they all tend to really enjoy having that arboreal option to be off the ground and hiding simultaneously, you know. Well, it, it makes a lot of sense as well, doesn't it? Because obviously a lot of the predators and that kind of thing would be on the ground, you know, would be on the ground. So it's a natural place, you know. If, if I was chasing you through a forest, now you'd probably be able to get away because I'm a fat bastard. Um, but if I was catching you and you had the chance to climb a tree and hide, that's exactly what you'd do. You know, you you wouldn't hide behind a tree, would you? You'd, you'd try and get away from me. Um, mm. So, you know, to... to... Also, also, the way I look at it, though, is, is like sometimes, yes, you have to take into consideration what they would do in the wild. But then also you've got to think about what they would do. You've also got to think about the fact that they're just in in a box. In In reality, they're just in a box. So where are they going to feel safest? Probably up high where they can see the whole box. Does that make sense? That's their territory. That's what they can see. That's as far as their territory goes. They can they can see those four walls. They know, you know they know how far it goes and where it goes. The safest place for them is probably up on a log, or in a little hide. Hmm. Yeah, and that's just kind of the thing is enjoying and, and figuring out what they're going to do and having fun with them and just spending time with them. I think one of the things that as a breeder. Uh, you get away from over the years because it starts out and you get a snake as a pet and you think it's the coolest freaking thing in the world and you spend every day with your pet you know it's watching tv with you you're carrying it around the house you know you probably don't know any better so you're the idiot in walmart running around with it because you just got the freaking snake and that's just what you do when you first get snakes and you don't know any better and then you know over time i feel like they become a thing in a box to a yeah. lot of people that get too many and you get overwhelmed in your collection and it's just feed it, water it, clean its poop, feed it, water it, clean its poop, repeat, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and finding a way to get back to appreciating the animal uh, outside of it just being something that you feed and water is freaking important. And yeah. one of the ways that I've done that is I think everyone should find someone to mentor. You know, mm -hmm. if you have... If you've been around for a while and you've got a really cool collection, I guarantee you there's a kid somewhere local to you with a ball python that thinks you are the coolest freaking thing in the world and would love nothing more than to come clean your snakes. Mm -hmm. Let him. Let that mm -hmm. kid come over. Show him your collection. Let him hold stuff. Teach him about it. It completely refreshes you. It, it's, a, it's a very cool thing to do and something I've been trying to do myself lately, and it's actually helped a lot. You know, getting reading off the excitement of other people, it, it, it gets me excited again. And yeah. It's something that I uh, think there's something else that you do in there as well. So that that, that kid with the, with the royal python, um, ah, you got me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wasn't going to be rude and interrupt you, but yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll let you have. I that think one. you should have been. No, no, you can have that one. It's his first time on the show. But, um, ne <laughs> next time you use the uh, word ball python, it's a, it's a pound, mate. One US dollar. Fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you didn't go and mentor that kid or help him or show, show him, in air quotations, how it's done, then he's going to go on the Facebook groups or he's going to use the internet. And whilst they are really good tools, there is some absolute spanner heads out there who just don't know what they're talking about and give out bad advice. So you're doing your mm -hmm. own little bit to, you know, providing that you know what you're talking about, you're doing your own bit by nurturing and helping the hobby go forward as well, correctly. So, yeah. there's, um, there's, yeah. you know, there's another... And, and, also, and also that kid can see things working. Like if you say, 
I use this water bowl because, you know, it tends not to build up line scale or something like that. That kid can see that. He can see it working. But if you say, look, this is why I don't use stainless steel or whatever, for instance, because it builds up line, line scale too easy and, and show him that. Does that make sense? Like you, you, he's getting like a physical thing rather than just reading a couple of paragraphs online. Yeah. I feel like you can take yeah. a lot more in when it's a practical thing. Like we get it all the time. You know, you, you get some kids start where, where you work or whatever. And he's just come from college and he just, he, 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 he knows all the theory. He knows how to do the job. But doing the job physically is a totally different matter. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Re- reading one thing online is totally different to being shown it like right in front of your face. I find so. Yeah, you, you can imagine this, Pastor. If you was to give someone a, one of your gnarly scrub pythons and write down ten steps on how to handle said scrub python, he's going to mm-hmm. end up lacerated. Mm-hmm. He's going <laughs> to end. He's going to end up in a corner crying for his mum. Whereas yeah. step, step number one, don't. Yeah, if, if you got, got the snake on the floor, yeah, well, yeah, if you got the snake on the floor and you demonstrate, you demonstrate to him how you would approach it, and then mm-hmm. he watches you do it, and then you go right, okay, your turn, and you guide him through it step by step. Mm-hmm. Okay, he, he might still get bitten, he might still get nailed, but he's mm-hmm. going to learn how to do it because you can physically see it because mm-hmm. words on paper for everyone it just doesn't sink in. No. So I think I think that is definitely important, and uh, you know I've never thought of doing that before. So I think it's something that I, I probably will take on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we should start a new group, Hoss. What do you reckon? Actually, you know what? I take that back. No one needs to be mentored by me. And you. <laughs> <laughs> Shit bag. Yeah. For... Um, just just um, just taking it back, just like a couple of minutes. Um, when you said Brandon, you said about. Uh, trying your best not to let yourself fall into that trap of, you know, your animals, you've just got animals in a box or whatever. Right. I think there's taking away from that. I think realizing that your animals are just in a box can actually be quite a helpful tool because it it makes you want to do more for them in that box. Does that make sense? Like, Like you feel, okay, this is an animal. It's just in a box. Okay. Most people out there would go, oh, let it go in the wild. It belongs in the wild. Yeah, okay. To a point, I agree. But it's in a box, and it's going to stay in a box. It's, there's, there's nothing else that can happen to this animal now but stay in a box. So I might as well make its life in this box as, as good as I can, right? Yeah. yeah. Give it a nice big box. Possible. I'm with you. Exactly. It's a, a question to put, put you on your toes a little bit. So yeah. where did you go wrong? Um and mate, when did you feel that you almost lost the passion or these were just animals in boxes? What was that point for you? Um, I don't think it necessarily went wrong as much as I had a kid and a family and you start out with you know a ton of time on your hands and you got your own little thing going but you're young and you're motivated and you got time to do it and then something switches to where all of a sudden you have a family and you have a kid and that's the point to where you'll see a lot of people all of a sudden flash sale their entire collections you know either you're gonna make it or you're not either you're gonna push past it and still be a, be a dedicated keeper or you're gonna throw it to the wind, sell your whole collection, and move on with your life. That's the turning point for a lot of people. Seen Would you agree? Witnessed it so many times. How many so times, many times. Have you seen it? 
exactly. witnessed it so many times. Yeah. You see, I, I kind of exactly. had. I didn't get to, uh, to to go through that. I had my hand forced. So we had a young yeah. ba- young baby. I had, I had my collection still, and I was plodding through it. Then we separated, and I had to sell it on because of um, I, I had nowhere to take the snakes, and um, you know finding landlords and this that and the other. And if I turned up with what you know, these white wing pythons, white lips and scrubs, in my mum and dad's three bedroom house with two little yappy dogs. My mum and dad would have kittens. Um, <laughs> so, but it's what I've got to admit. With the first few months of whilst I was still living with my ex partner, it was difficult. I was having to get up earlier in the mornings to go and change water bowls. But it's something that I just had to do because these animals were here before my, my daughter was, and it's not their fault, so they can't be neglected. Um, but it put pressure on on me. But because I enjoy the animals, I was I was willing to do it. Um, yeah. so I, I think it depends where where you're at. Um, how, how many animals are in your collection at the moment? It's I've kept it pretty manageable. Uh, you know, for that exact reason, I can't go crazy. I'm not in a position in life to be able to. You know, uh, right now I've got seven scrubs, and excluding offspring that are for sale, that doesn't really count. Um, I've got probably 14 carpet pythons, a pair of Amazon tree bows, a pair of rough scales, uh, a diamond, and some uh, um, Indonesian ground bows, some candoya. That's cool. So it's about 20, 21 animals, something like that. 20, 20 something. Yeah, I'm in the mid 20s. That's not that's not bad at all, really. Yeah. I um, I think I'm winning. I yeah. have a Western hognose. That's it. Full stop. Full stop. That's it. <laughs> that's it. And it's the yeah. most it's the most angriest, agitated Western hognose you've ever seen in your Does entire life. Does it play life. dead? No, it, it plays. It plays. A, it plays assassin. <laughs> it's it, a um, shit bag. That it, 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 it honestly <laughs> thinks he's a black mamba. It's fucking hilarious. You ever learned to animate you? Uh, no, um, I don't. I don't fancy uh, the risk. To be completely honest, because no, my bad luck. I'm just anaphylaxia and dead. I, I only say that because I've yeah. seen some pretty gnarly Western hognose bites. Where you know, for the longest time, I had that old. Oh yeah, it's a bee sting. Oh yeah, it's a bee sting. You know, like it'll just barely do anything. And then I watched a guy's hand blow up to the size of a freaking baseball glove, and I'm like, dude, a hognose did mm-hmm. that? What the hell? Mm-hmm. Those guys don't get nearly enough credit. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's a lot. Yeah, there's a. There's a lot about it over here at the minute. It's a, it's it's quite a touchy subject, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, um, you, if you've never been bitten by it before, you don't know how you're going to react. And is it worth getting bitten and having a bad reaction? Or you might be fine. You know, it's not... Um, at the end of the day, we're playing with an animal and you're playing with your own life as well. So if you fuck yourself up and who's looking after that animal then? Because mm-hmm. oh, I'm, I'm not advocating getting tagged yeah, on purpose. I'm just saying it shit happens, you know. Well, mm. you know, what I mean, so I, I, I'm a people who probably call me an absolute fanny for this, but I, I hook it out. Actually, well, well, Danny can back me up on this. You can't get the bloody thing out the enclosure for plants. Um, what was that female no. cat's name again? What was that? What do they call those? Uh, puss, pussy. Oh. pussy. Is that a pussy? <laughs> <laughs> um, for, for me to be able to ch- chase the animal out of the vivarium, I'd have to wreck the enclosure. It's that heavily planted. There's that many rocks and twigs and branches and everything. 
it's that's it, cool. It'll just stay there. I'll send you some pictures. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it can stay in there. I don't, I don't need to play with it. <laughs> I'm not I'm not big on handling myself either, to be honest. Not huge. I mean, Hoss, you know, if if I know it's not going to put me into anaphylaxis, I'll I'll pick it up. I don't care. It doesn't matter what it is. I'll just put my hand in there and I'll just pick it up. It doesn't uh, matter. T- but t- when t- when it comes to this tiny little seven-inch hog nose, like even the other day when I was at yours, Dan, I, I was like, where's your hook, mate? <laughs> I just Let's get this guy out, but I just need your hook because I don't, want to re- don't really want to put my hand in there. <laughs> t- tell him pussy. about the... Um... Absolute pussy. Tell him about the jungle carpet python at Doncaster with the old bloke. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> oh man, he was he was the highlight of that day, wasn't he? He really was. He was a fucking. So idiot. I bought this. Um... <laughs> so I had a table at one of the um, one of our reptile expos, and I just purchased this um, this carpet python from from a girl that um, had it for sale on the table next to me. And pretty much, I'd, I'd bought it before the show even started, um, and it had nailed me, I think, twice before the doors even opened, and it was brilliant. It was just great. Anyway, put it back in the tub, and uh, a hostage came around later and I said, look, look, look what I've just bought, showed him, got all excited. And uh, he was like, oh, wicked, you know, sort of grabbed it out, didn't you? Handled it for a minute, and uh, we were trying to put it back, back into its tub. Well, and this thing was you, just you missed the important bit. So basically, I just rather than get it out, I just put a hook in, lifted it up, um, and uh-huh. just, you know, just just I don't want to get hands on. You know, I mean, I, there's there's loads of animals. I've been touching animals all day, and I, I don't want to be spreading anything that I shouldn't be doing. So mm-hmm. I just lifted it up with a hook, and this carpet went mm, hook. That's mine, and just just wrapped around <laughs> it. And yeah. we're we're not in any rush to get this animal off the hook. We're just kind of like you know trying to coax it. Yeah, trying to less... coax it back in, but it doesn't it doesn't want to go back in at the time, does no, it? It's just back... trying to get back up the hook. And well, it's like, no, nah. it, it wants my throat. That's what it wants. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And anyway, so we're just we're just observing this this snake doing what it's doing, and this old bloke comes out of nowhere and just grabs it by the head and goes, "You youngsters don't even know what you're doing," and throws it back in the tub. And I was that like, literally launches it in the tub, and I'm like, dude, I just bought that. <laughs> what an asshole! I know. <laughs> I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't. You at feel the time, better, we dude? Help. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, at the time, we couldn't help but laugh, could we? Well, I didn't know what else to do. Well, I didn't know where to put I... myself. I was like, wow, you just, you know. I mean, we could have all done that, to be honest. Well, yeah, but... it's like me, me and Danny are quite highly strung, and we're not, you know, if someone's pissing about or needs to be told, we're the first people to, to do it but we both looked at each other and we were silent it was just like i can't believe he's just done that <laughs> it's like it's like it's me and me and half like, yeah like me and half you needed like, a second to really just process that situation <laughs> yeah yeah we were speechless like uh, of all people me and Hoss would if something needs doing would we get it done right but for me and Hoss, we were just trying to be nice and careful, which is sometimes a little bit rare for me and Hoss. We, we, were, just, we were just trying to be nice and careful, place it back in the tub, no stress, no no bites, no nothing, all good. Put the lid back on, and and great, done. But this guy just comes along, and, he, and what did he say? He goes, he goes, you trying to get that back in the tub? Then yeah, yeah, we just get you know, bang, smashes this thing by the back of the head, <laughs> like literally. And I was like, whoa, like what? the hell dude grabs it off the hook doesn't he and just drops it in the tub 
and you even hear hear it thud. It's like in this tub. And I was like, okay, look back on. Thanks for that. I choose. <laughs> look, look, look. You know, so okay, carry no, on. Go ahead. No, carry on. I was gonna say, you know, for years now, I've tried to have this, you know. Uh, kind of mutual respect with my animals to where I try to make it the most pleasurable handling experience possible when I take them out, try not to head pin them unless I absolutely have to try to Mm -hmm. make everything as smooth and as chill as possible. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been working on my relationship with, with one of my, my scrubs, uh, my, my breeder female, um, for years now doing that, just being as cool as I can. You know what I realized? That bitch still hates me. It does mm-hmm. not fucking matter. She's gonna go after it no matter how nice I am, and sometimes you just gotta put them <laughs> in their place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah, looking at me true. right now, just daring me, just daring me to open the cage. Like, yeah, that's true. I've got I've got two well, yeah, two carpet pythons, big uh well, I say big, but you know, adult females. And Either one of them would nail me six times before I before I managed to clean out a water bowl. Is that if the, I wasn't he's careful. One, he's one of those the famous shag pile. It is the famous shag pile. She is an absolute cud. <laughs> she really is. She's horrible. Um, I've just but said... actually, but to, to be to be totally truthful, the one that I got off Liana, the one we were just talking about, was is even worse. She's got a gnarly attitude, really gnarly. Yeah, I just, I can't, I don't, I don't know, with, with you know, because everyone says jungles are the most aggressive when it comes to carpet pythons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just the reputation they have. None of mine freaking bite, man. I've got a lot. And they that's know. weird. Now, I've got I do all, need all of mine are jungles. Yeah. Mm. I, I do need to, I, I do like, uh, you know, tap, not tap training, but basically tap training, you know, I, I do hook them out of their enclosures, but as soon as they know that they're not eating, if I've got them out, they're not biting, like, ever, yeah. uh, you know, up to a year old, my offspring will, but my adults, they just don't care. I, I can come over and, boring. I can come over <laughs> and fix them for you. I would, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would appreciate that because I need a little more action in my life. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> honestly, just leave it with us well, for well, a week. Well, I, 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 can, fi- yeah. I can fix the snakes, and if you want more action, Danny can sort that out. That's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've just sent you over some photos on. Uh, we love you a long time. On Facebook, Brandon. I have the uh, hog closing okay. closure. Just so you know what yeah, you're talking about. <laughs> well, that. Am I going to drop the call if I switch over to him? That's no, the you should be fine. No, I should be fine. And if you do, it's five dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he laughs now. Uh, oh yeah, here we go. Damn. That's a hog nose enclosure. Holy yeah. shit, dude. Yeah, yeah. That's freaking rad. What's that? And the hog nose is a baby. Tiny. It's literally ten inches long. Yeah, that's why you only have one snake. If I wanted to do that to my collection, like, I don't know, I need like ten grand, maybe. <laughs> yes, just... it's it's a lot of money and a and a lot of time caring from it because you're not just caring for the animal; you're caring for all the plants and all the soil and all the bugs in the soil. And uh, right. it gets hard. It gets hard one. work. <laughs> I, I feel you. I do have one bioactive enclosure. It's for my son's crested gecko. 
Uh, and, you know, so far, so good. That enclosure breeds springtails and isopods better than my springtail and isopod colony does. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I'm crazy about the hog nose enclosure as well. Have a little guess what the hot spot is. Oh, it's got to be 110, 120. Oh, God, you're bloody American. I forgot about that. Oh, my God, convert, convert. convert. Are we going to have to We're gonna have to convert that shit? Fuck's sake. Um... What's that, like 35 Celsius? I don't know. Uh, so, 47 degrees, uh, which is 116 uh, Fahrenheit. Oh, I was close. Yeah, I was right in the mm. middle. I said 110, 120. Yeah, it's a really, the, the GU10 halogen bulbs that I use, they've got a very narrow beam on them. So, that mm. what that one section is like piping hot, um, whereas the cool end is probably around 64 Fahrenheit. So there's a big ass gradient in just a small enclosure. Um, how how often do you see it basking? Every morning. So, every morning. So literally, so my alarm clock goes off at half six every morning. Um, if I'm not, uh, well, depending on where I'm working, um, and the enclosure goes on five minutes before, and uh-huh. I can guarantee every morning it's directly under the bulb, and it'll be there for fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, half an hour maybe. And then it will go off and it will start being a hog nose, you know, little crackhead meth head running around like a dickhead. Um, <laughs> and then it will find somewhere where it wants to chill. And it normally goes just underneath the plant on the right-hand side um, and basks underneath the UV. And then mm-hmm. it will be there for a while. And then it will go back over to the hot spot, get warm again. And it just does that all day, backwards and forwards, what it, when it needs it, when it doesn't need it. Um, yeah. The only problem is it, it's angry. Like bef- before, I kept it this way. I kept it at a standard, what you know, what a care sheet would tell you to keep it at, and it was placid. It was fine. I could hold it. I could handle it. Not a problem. Now, guarantee I get bit. That's the thing, though. You've given it. A, you've given it. Well, heat and energy, but you've also given it this this territory that it calls its own now as well. So it's defensive. Yeah, is what it is. I think it's also defensive. As You're well, coming into my territory. This, the, this is mine. It's the type of bulbs that I'm using as well. So obviously halogens, when they dim down slightly, um, the, the actual wavelength penetrates the skin and goes into their body and warms them up. So the body stores that, that energy. Mm-hmm. Whereas some of the reptile pro- products that we have, it's only really surface, that, the surface of the skin that gets heated. It's not really penetrating as much. So I think by using halogens or bulbs that are, do similar things to what I'm achieving... The animal doesn't need to bask as long, and they get more from it and more out of it. Well, it's one thing. It's one thing that we tend to overlook in the wild, isn't it? Um, a lot of lot of snakes will come out first thing in the morning. They'll heat right up, right in the direct sunbeam, and then they'll go off and they'll hunt or whatever for the rest yeah, of the, the day. The, they, the, the best the best way to describe it is, you know, when you put your hand underneath the bulb, you can feel the heat, but you mm-hmm. get no tingling sensation. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you understand what I mean, Brandon? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm following. Whereas if you go outside and you take your top off, you get that tingling sensation on your back, don't you? Nah. You can feel... Some white. <laughs> or, you, or you put your <laughs> hand in front of a fire, you get that tingling sensation, and that, that's a certain yeah. wavelength of infrared, which is penetrating your body rather than just the surface. Um, it's just a trialling different husbandry methods and... Again, there's a lot of people in 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 the UK that are doing this, and 
they're getting results fr- from it and obviously whether it's benefiting the animal or not we don't know they don't talk um but it seems it seems to be pretty cool that's the thing in it again we know i don't think we're ever going to know this this no. hobby is just forever going to be under construction forever uh-huh. i don't think we'll ever know i don't think technology will ever come far enough for us to really really figure them out definitely okay i'll tell you what let's, let's take take it a step back um just a bit we, we normally ask this at the start of the show but we for some reason didn't how did you get into reptiles and what really started the passion for you oh man uh steve Irwin. uh be blatantly <laughs> honest so my when i was a child my mom did not want me to have a snake i've wanted a snake ever since i can remember because she had friends with snakes that she would take me over to their house when i was a kid and be like oh snake let me hold it and whenever there was a pet shop that we'd swing by i'd always want to stop and be excited about it when i was young and uh you know the crocodile hunter was on tv you know right when i was like 11 12 years old that was like you know early croc hunter era and uh, when I would get done watching The Croc Hunter, I would go on our, our family big, you know, large desktop computer and I'd go on AOL and I, it would beep at me for like a half hour. And then eventually I would get to the website to research whatever it was that I saw on TV that day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I would look up whatever snakes that he was showing and it just got to the point where my mom was just freaking annoyed. And eventually I broke her and, and she did. She got me a ball python. I'm sorry, Royal Python for my birthday. <laughs> and, uh, Hey, I caught it before you did, man. I'm <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and that really started it. Uh, you know, some, some things happened. That was my first snake had it for a couple of years. Uh, had to do some moving. Uh, wasn't really a very good kid. That was kind of a bad kid. Got kicked out of my mom's house and had to go live with my dad. And uh, his wife was terrified of snakes. My stepmom would not at all, at all allow snakes in the house. So the snake went to my brother's. His wife killed it uh, on accident. Uh, you know, snake was in a room way too hot in an area of town. It was way too hot. It probably got 120 degrees into there. Uh, snake croaked. And then, uh, you know, so that was my first experience with a snake. And then when it came time for me to get another snake, when I was in a better living situation, I got into carpet pythons. Uh, just because of watching the crocodile hunter and watching him get bit in the face by carpet pythons over and over again and loving it and just being excited and it was his excitement about carpet pythons when you watch any of those old episodes uh that that bled straight into me and and that's why i got my first carpet and you know kept them ever since i also think as well when i first started my my first ever reptile was a brazilian rainbow barber um and they're they're pretty cool and then I, i went on to other bits and pieces from colubrids but there was something that stuck out for me. And my, my brother bought an Irian giant or a, a papwing carpet python, whatever you want to call them these days. Um, and there's just something about it. There's the way it looked, the colours, the patterning, its attitude. And it just it changed everything for me. And the next thing you know, I've sold everything apart from the first ever Brazilian. And I started keeping carpets. Um, and I, I don't know what it was as such, but they're just badass, man. Mm-hmm. Right. They just yes. uh, black and yellow. It's my thing. Freaking love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, else is black and black and yellow, don't I? I I don't want to ask. Wasps. I'm kind of scared. Wasps. Oh. Wasps are black and yellow. 
Wasps are black and yellow twats. <laughs> that, one that, thing, that beekeeping would be badass. You, 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 be <laughs> you can go and keep bees. That's totally fine. Oh, I think what um, Brandon, uh, Brandon Danny's wants to say, um, how far away are you from the sea? About 10 minutes. Yeah. Get in it. <laughs> Get in, it. Get in it and stay in it. Get in the sea. Oh. No, Are, Are you scared? Of, of wasps? Yes. No, they just really, really grate my shit. Like, a lot. It's anything that flies. Flies, flies, flies are the worst. Fly, I'm getting angry. Fly. So a while feel ago, my blood boiling. <laughs> so uh, a while ago, I, I lived in Knoxville, Tennessee at the time of this story. But uh, yellow jackets are a species of bee that live out there, and mm. they they live underground. So th- their nests are typically below ground nests. And I was weed eating uh, my yard one day, and I stepped in a yellow jacket nest. Well. I would have, I mean, I really wish that I had this on footage because, you know, if one of my neighbors had a camera or something, it would have been the funniest damn thing ever. <laughs> I ended up immediately naked, down, not quite naked, like down to my boxers though, and about four houses down, like just full speed, ripped all of my clothes, spread them all over the street. It's like two o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday, and I'm standing there in nothing but my boxers, and I had about 30 stings, man. I mean, I got lit up. Uh... <laughs> Oh. Is that because they sort of get under your clothes and is... they sting through your clothes? No. And then they, 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 then they, they, they stay on them like they land on you, and then they don't like. I don't know. It's just getting naked was the first thing. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> like, I'm not saying you should get naked if you get swarmed uh, by bees, but right, for okay. some so, reason, that's what I did. <laughs> has Has there been any other moments in your life where you possibly feared for your life? That you've got naked very quickly. Um, many. Yes. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Mm. There was a golf course incident we're not going to talk about on the radio. I think I think we should talk about. It. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think that's ten dollars to uh, to Mental Health UK if you don't talk about it. Uh well, I mean, are, are you familiar with magic mushrooms? Yes. No. Good. <laughs> 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 Who isn't familiar, familiar with magic mushrooms? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what drugs are. <laughs> well, you know, something about golfing and mushrooms and golf courses and naked and strange afternoons. It just happens. But yes, I was definitely afraid for my life. That's all the story you get. <laughs> I don't uh, think that gets him off the ten dollars. You, you are aware. You, you are aware that I'm coming over to Carpet Fest next year, and I am going to get you piss drunk, and you are going to. Yes. <laughs> don't threaten me with a good time. I'll take you up on. Definitely, man. Hoss uh, likes to get people white white girl trashed, don't you? I love it. But, um, <laughs> I, t- I tell you that's what, normally that's my that's normally my job. So I'm glad that there's someone to like take the mantle because i'm tired of being that guy i feel like every carpet fest i'm that guy and it's it's someone else's turn well, see, i'm i'm willing to get drunk for you know for shoots and giggles so we had a, a, a live show at doncaster and i 
Michael's like, you're going to get drunk. And I was like, yeah. And he just gave me all this vodka and I drank it really quickly. Couldn't speak. Um, and got myself into a right state. Uh, but when it comes to drinking normally, as um, Michael Phelps and Danny Wells would know at Carpet Fest, I can hold my own. Um, yeah. And that was, uh, yeah, poor, poor Danny Wells falling asleep in the taxi. <laughs> Well, this year at Southwest Carpet Fest, we uh, were doing Morelia bombs, is what I called them. I don't know if they're – I'm sure someone else has already created this drink, but you take C4 uh, pre-workout energy drink. The flavor we were rolling with was fruit punch, and you you take about a third a scoop of that, and you add it to a chilled shot of Jägermeister. And, I mean, it makes Jäger bombs seem like ginger beer because you get freaking wired, man. It was a hell of a time. We went through a whole can of C4 and, like, two handles of Jäger. It was fun. Here's <laughs> okay. a, a, a question. How, how did – what's the deal with Carpet Fest over there? Was there one original Carpet Fest show and then, you know, you all got together and say, you know, you, we're going to put on – You don't listen to a word I fucking month. say, do you? No. Fuck's sake. <laughs> like, no, full <laughs> stop. No, point blank, no, never. <laughs> so, come on, well, explain to me what, what happened. It's all Eric and Owen and uh, Morelia Python Radio. You know, Eric and Owen uh, decided to put on the first carpet fest, and, you know, they're all the way out in um, Philadelphia. And mm-hmm. it just grew. All of a sudden, I forgot who did the next one and i think it was the south did a carpet fest and then we decided we wanted to do a car now there's like six of them but uh yeah it was all eric and owen and morelia python radio and it's just about getting people together to get off of the internet and talk about snakes and have fun and freaking party yeah and that's what we did and that's what we do i think uh this last one was the fifth uh southwest carpet fest mm-hmm. so it's been going on for five years now and uh, we're already kind of starting the planning for the sixth one. So, okay. so you've, uh, you've had you've had five carpet fests where you are. Have you ever had yeah. a crocodile turn up at any of yours? No, California is not a. We don't have crocs out here. It's not a thing. I mean, there was one apparently in El Cajon not that long ago. But oh, that's so not no, no one's ever just turned up with one and passed it round and no, no, nothing. No. No, there was a pie retake at the last one that ah, was kind of large. Can you, you, can you, can you see my profile picture in front of you? Yeah, it's badass. I love no, that no. you guys had a freaking crocodile. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had skunks, owls, falcons, all sorts, man. It was wicked. Um, the, yeah, it was good. The, the original plan, and it's a good job, to be honest, we didn't do it because Eric I couldn't make it, unfortunately. Um, but I know someone who's got a bald eagle. And the, the idea was to fly the bald eagle over as we start Carpet Fest, as we're talking, and then basically turn around to Eric and say, yeah, fuck you. Um, <laughs> but it was a, you know, good... We. Good, we are the OGs. I'm not, I'm not yeah, I was going to say we. I was going to say, fuck you. Bald eagle landed on you, mate. You'd die. You're not big enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're true. Probably take me off. I'll be gone. <laughs> feed me, feed me to its babies. <laughs> I want an eagle. That's fucking rad. I know, right? <laughs> oh, just, 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 just imagine the complaints off your neighbours, though. Like, their dog goes missing. It's automatically your fault. 
It was the seagulls. I swear it was the seagulls. <laughs> what, what, what is that over here at the moment? Everyone's going about seagulls, like running away with stuff. And there's a there's a heron there is a heron gull that flew off with a chihuahua. <laughs> what? What? They actually genuinely flew off with a chihuahua. Picked up a chihuahua and flew off with it. That, that's what happened. It was in the news. Did you not see it? No, no. I just keep seeing memes about it. I don't know. I mean, are you in California, Brandon? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do do you do you really? Yeah, you you got seagulls over there, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Everywhere. So I see. Everywhere. So They're like our, pigeons. They're so, beach pigeons. <laughs> so we have heron gull heron gulls over here, and they'll pretty much kick shit out of all of your seagulls. They're ridiculous. They're so, so bloody big. They're like pterodactyls. They're massive, aren't they? They stand. <laughs> they stand what? Let's realistically, two and a half foot tall. <laughs> Most of it, they're they're huge. Their wingspan is is probably closing in on a meter. They're massive. And they That's and they just cool. and they and they take dogs. <laughs> so in the local news recently, you know, everybody knows about Florida and there being Nile monitors and Burmese pythons and who knows what else all roaming around the Everglades in Florida. But in uh, out here on the news, it's been on the news literally like all week long. There are Nile monitors that have been spotted in a local lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, somebody caught one the other day. One of the one of the local reptile ladies went in the lake swimming and chased this freaking thing for like 45 minutes and caught it. Wild caught three foot Nile monitor. Yeah. No one knows how long it's been in here, in there. And then there was another one that was spotted that's been going through people's yards and there's all kinds of different people that have posted photos of it within a small range in an area called Escondido about 10 minutes away from me. There's a four foot Nile monitor just free roaming around somewhere. There's a lake that it supposedly lives in and frequents people's backyards. Oh, so obviously that's it's, happening. It's bad for your local fauna that that happens. But how uh-huh. fucking cool is it? But how cool is that? Is. I'll tell you, that's, I want to go. I want to catch it. I, I really do. That is that is like the major issue with living in California. Um, the, you know, the place on Earth that has, for I don't know how many years, been voted like the best weather in the world. And the problem with that is, if an animal gets out, whatever we're keeping, um, Australian species, even even probably African species, stuff like that, if an animal gets out in California, it's perfectly fine. All it needs to do is find somewhere where it's safe and where there's some food. It's it. got to find a little bit of shelter during about yeah. two months of the year. Uh, there are some areas in winter where it drops too cold for a lot of this stuff to survive. But if it can get inside a garage or yeah. inside of an attic or somewhere, if it can find that, that human shelter, mm-hmm. then, yeah, the rest of the year it's got no problem. It's perfectly fine. Over here, if I let one of the carpet pythons out – I, I guess. I mean, at the minute, it would probably be okay, but the second autumn kicks in, dead. No, I, I reckon over here in our summer, it might still get an RI. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Lone carpet pythons, yeah. yeah don't, don't, don't come to UK Carpet Fest, mate. You'll freeze. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even, even though we had lovely weather, you'll probably be there in a, a hoodie and jeans. And Although, what, was you impressed how quick I moved when it started raining on the PI system? 
Uh, everyone thought you I was guys fine. had a PA system. That's we had a a cell phone hooked up to one of those little Bluetooth speakers that you put by your freaking hot tub. What, we, we were ghetto over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we 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 had a one one thousand watt uh, PI system and DJ Hoss and DJ Wells. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a bouncy castle. Um, I've got to admit that the only thing that I think we lacked on was the food. I think uh, the Americans definitely do it better than we do. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I, I had that cool, shit but... catered. I catered mm. it. I wasn't playing. I was like, nope, we're not dealing with cooking. I don't want you to bring your favorite meal. Hell no. Everybody threw in money to my PayPal account. I went shopping. I ordered catering. We had lots of tacos and enchiladas and cheese, basically. Lots of mm-hmm. cheese. Mm. It's delicious. <laughs> yeah, I like. Yeah, yeah. we'll up, we'll up our game next year, hundred percent on that on that one. Mm-hmm. Well, well, if if what happens, well, what we're planning actually happens, it might be the first indoor carpet fest. Mm-hmm. Um, so that should be. A... Do you guys have Mexican food over there? Yeah. Well, well, well. It's not huge, it's, but yeah, we we do. We have a couple of like places that do mexican food but how mexican the actual food is I, I, I can't really comment on that to be honest we don't we don't have like taco bell and stuff like that we don't no. that's not mexican food that doesn't well no no is. but we don't have we don't we, we're not like that far if you know what i mean mexican food isn't that big here yeah if you want it's, a, it's yeah, here sure. we've got it but not if you want a good indian food, a good indian meal there's there's plenty of that um mm. Chinese, we do a lot of Chinese food over here. Um, mm-hmm. Italian, some really good Italian restaurants, but that's about it, really. It's because um... over here it's not a party unless there's tacos, you know. Like, Which absolutely just... baffles it baffles me because the the British do actually love Mexican food, like you know we love our chilies and stuff like that. We absolutely love Mexican food, um, but yeah, it's not it's not yeah, really taken you, off here. You, you think about how many friends you've got, and every time they have a burrito or something, they got the shit to the following day, man. Yes, yeah, we're just not we're not made to to like that kind of food over here at all. I think we're just. I don't. Yeah, I just don't think we eat it enough. Personally, I think we should eat it. You more. just have to power through the shits. I mean, the shits <laughs> happen, but you got to check your priorities. <laughs> What's more important, you tacos or not having the shits? You know, like, Hoss, you just. Hoss, <laughs> last last Friday we went out for yes um, curry, didn't we? Yeah. For Indian, and it was it was lovely. It loved really nice food, really nice meal. We got back, and I must have sat on that toilet for an hour. It went oh, straight through me like a dose of salt. So, it was hilarious. So we had, we had um, an, an Indian mixed grill, so like an Asian-style mixed grill. So it was like um, chicken pakora, chamois kebabs, um, lamb chops marinated, all very spicy straight off the, the barbecue. And it's good food, man. It's just... Mm. You, you can't It's you can't so rich. It. It's but, so rich. See, I was fine, but you, you, and, you and your partner, you died. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're not used to it. This here. is the most random podcast I've ever been a part of. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is this is why we're the OGs. This, this, <laughs> have you noticed, right? We're called Reptile and Chill, so we've done the reptile bit. Oh, and yeah. now we just chill. Yeah, now we, we're just chilling. Yeah, we, we might go back to reptiles at some point. Yeah, well, okay. if we have to. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, going back to reptiles because the guests getting bored. Okay. <laughs> um, is there anything that you plan to work with or that you got your eyes on? Um. Right now, my main focus is making my collection better. 
you know, as far as housing and, and it just, I, I need to, I, I like this next load of money that I need to drop in my collection needs to be put towards caging and, and upgrading and getting, you know, I have to buy a ridiculous, I just, I have to buy a whole bunch of cages. I'm fucking irritated about it, but it's time. Uh, so that's going to be my focus for my next couple of years in breeding what I've got. I need to be successful breeding barn eggs. That is the top of my priority list is figuring out how to get eggs out of these fucking barn egg pythons. And if I can do that, uh, then we'll talk about adding some more animals to the collection. But for now, I just, okay. I just really need to be successful with what I've got. Okay, so Varnex were my like number one. Oh my god, I have to have that thing forever. And you know, now that they're adults, it's like, all right, let's let's do this. Okay, so what 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 would you say if I was to send Danny over as your personal slave and he had a big water cash in it with him as well? Would there be something mm-hmm. that you'd just buy if you had the money and the time? Savus, yeah. I, I want all the liases, all the liases, all of them. Cool. I need. I, I used to breed Maclots pythons. I've bred them for about four seasons. So I've actually produced a pretty large number of, of uh, Maclots pythons in my time. Uh, but unfortunately, when I moved states, I sold my adult pair of breeders, and uh, I no longer have any in my collection, uh, which has really bummed me out for the last couple I've, of years. I've got so I, I want to buy the entire genus. I moved my Maclots on a couple of years ago, and I I regret that. They're they're awesome, absolutely awesome animals. They're underrated. No one gives a shit about them either. You know, no one gets uh-huh. excited about them. Um, just a brown snake. That's a, a lot of people over here see them. Um, but I, I am thinking about. There's a couple of people who bred them recently over here, and I am toying with the idea of picking up a couple of hatchlings. Freaking awesome, man! They're cool snakes, and they, they now you want to talk about a reputation that's not deserved. Maclots have a reputation that's not deserved. My adults were chill. Like, I no, mean, they I'm, were I'm calm. Not, I'm not accepting it. I got fucked up by my female. <laughs> right, you, you know, you know what? I've I've said this on the podcast before, but I'll, I'll say it again now. So, I was with my ex in bed at my parents' house. I lived at my parents' house at the time. And, right. you know, it's the middle of the night, you start by naked, and you really need a piss. So, sure. yeah. right, I could put clothes on, or I could just quickly run across the landing, go to the toilet, and run back. And that's Every what I decided. That's, that's what you do. Yeah, man, because yeah. <laughs> no one's got time for clothes. So, I go to leave the bedroom door, and I'm walk out, walking through the door, and I can't move. And, you know, when you're, you're half asleep still, and you're kind of like, you know, eyes are half shut, and I can't figure out what the fuck's going on. So, I thought... I'll turn the light on. So I lift my arm up to turn the light on and I have this really sharp pain on the under part of my arm. I was like, what the fuck's that? Turn the light on. Female Maclot has managed to get out of the enclosure and she was resting across the door. And <laughs> she then gets me from under, under the underarm, throws a coil around my neck and so my arm is now glued to my neck and I'm stuck. And <laughs> you know, she, She's eight and a half foot, nine foot. So yeah, she's a big girl and she's got a bit of girth on her. So I'm still naked, and I've got a Maclots python attached to me. And I, my my ex-girlfriend was not having none of it. She wouldn't help. She's completely freaking out. Um, bear, bear in mind, she's also naked. Um, so I go into my mum and dad's room, and I'm trying not to wake my mum up because my mum is literally going to have a heart attack and die. Um, and my old man's he's okay with them, but I need, needed someone just to start unraveling this thing because i just couldn't i couldn't get there uh for where it was so 
I wake him up and he's going, son, son, it's like three o'clock in the morning. Talk to me in the morning. I said, no, dad, I need to talk to you now. Can you can you come out <laughs> of the bedroom? And he's just like, why are you naked? Oh, shit, there's a python. Well, what's it doing? It's biting me. Um, can you please, you know, can, can you find the tail? So, as a good one, he's, he's kind of he's kind of doing this like unexpected, like nervous dance around. Oh, I don't know what to do, and he's clapping his hands and dancing around a bit. And I said, Fucking, he's trying to look. He's trying yeah. to look for the snake. Yeah. Avoid the head and avoid yeah. your head. Yeah, he's just got, well, and and my dick as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. And eventually, he finds the tail. He starts unraveling it, and she she lets go. I grabbed the head, but before I could grab her, she bit me again. So for fuck's sake! So at this point, there's bl- we've got cream carpet on the landing, and it's it's covered in blood. There's claret everywhere. So eventually, I grab her head. I've got her, and my dad's unravelled, and she's off me. And I let go, and I thought, okay, she's on the floor. I'll run into the bedroom. I'll grab a hook, and we'll sort her out. What I didn't know is that she'd perched herself on the stair banister. So as I walked away, she had a clean shot at my ass, and what does she do? Yep, bites me on the fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so at this point now, I've, you know, I'm now bleeding from every orifice that I've got. I get the snake hook, untangle her from the stair banister, onto the floor she goes. I've got hook, hook, hook and tail. I'm putting her back in the viv, but she's not playing game. And the position I've got with the hook, I just. I just couldn't manoeuvre her, and I needed to put her on t- onto the floor. And because I was a a young adult with too many snakes in a you know in a very small room, there was no floor to, to do it. So the only place I could do it was the bed, which my ex girlfriend was in. <laughs> so, like a good then, I dropped the Macalots Python on top of her on the bed. <laughs> the back. In the viv we go. Problem solved. Job done. <laughs> It doesn't stop there. Some dickhead forgot to put the vent back in. She comes back <laughs> out. Oh my god! This is this is the, so. If you had a mentor, right before all this happened, you'd go. This is how not to do things. <laughs> I've got another Macklots Python story that's almost as good. It's not naked, bit in the ass good, but it's pretty good. You want to hear it? Yeah. All right. So I'm. 21 maybe when this story is being told and uh my female at this point she's maybe six feet uh five and a half six feet she hasn't bred for me yet but she's pretty good size and uh anyway so i'm at home i'm doing my thing i live with my grandmother at this point in time in life my grandmother and my great-grandmother now my grandma and my great-grandma, they're hardcore Christians. I mean, hardcore, like, we're casting demons out of people, <laughs> real into it, you know, <laughs> Christian faith. And uh, anyway, so I get bit, and this snake wraps around my arm, wraps around my finger, and proceeds to try to swallow my finger, all right? And does swallow my entire finger and won't let go, won't. I cannot get it off. Hot water doesn't work. Cold water doesn't work. I'm running around, blood dripping everywhere. 21 years old. 
if I go downstairs and my grandmother and my great grandmother have their church group over and there's about, I don't know, somewhere between 10 to 15 people legitimately like casting a demon out of this chick in the middle of the living room. Like we're screaming in tongues, hallelujah, falling over all over the place. Just this <laughs> giant mess of Christianity's going on. So <laughs> I go into the living room, but I, I keep my arm kind of out. So I have my one arm holding out the out of everyone's view so they can't see it and i'm like grandma grandma you know i'm kind of <laughs> trying to get her attention so here comes my at the time 90 year old great grandmother I, I i get her to come into you know where nobody else is going to see the blood dripping all over the floor of the sink lord <laughs> can you imagine how that would have gone just think about what would have happened if I would have ran into the middle of that mess with a snake latched all over my finger and they're all praying <laughs> in It would have been oh an absolute mess. So my great-grandma comes up, and she, I'm like, Grandma, I need the booze. I know you've got some whiskey. And she did. She had a secret stash of VO Canadian mist that was hidden from my other grandmother somewhere in her freaking room that she would drink <laughs> at night and not want my other grandma to know about. Uh, so my grandma comes upstairs with me, blood all over the place. I get the whiskey, I pour it on the snake's head, and that's the end of the story. But it was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Imagine if you were downstairs and they saw it. They'd be like silver steaks, like straight through the heart, man. Mm-hmm. Like he's a oh, my God. Exorcism, you know what I mean? Like these, these blokes are... <laughs> so, but it, was, uh, mo- it, it was a time. So basically, the moral of the story is they will fuck you up and your family. <laughs> <laughs> so I should get a pair. They don't work. They don't work well well with uh, Christians. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. Grandma was cool, man. She was down. Was, she didn't. That woman was gangster. I miss my grandma. She was a badass. <laughs> I tell, I tell you what was my old man. He's over the years. He's he's got into reptiles and he's never kept himself, but he helps me. You know, and he always used to like come in to help me with the scrubs and that kind of thing. So last last year he was in Turkey, and he sends me a picture. He's like rescued a snake out of a hotel room today. I was like, oh, Wiki, t- send me a picture across. I was like, Dad, that's not a snake. It was what it was. You know, it's long, thin. Said, it's not a snake, mate. It's a legless lizard. Is it a sc- Scarlopunctrus? I- Dude, I can't say these Latin names. What is it, Dana? Uh, I, I can't remember. Something like that. So, leg- big leg- legless lizard. Um, legless lizard. Let's, go, let's yeah. just stay with that. So ba- <laughs> basically, some, German, Turkish one. some Germans had reported it into the reception that there was a snake in their room. And my dad, my dad overheard it and was like, oh, I'll go and sort it out. Firstly, it could have been bloody anything, right? And he's just gone in, picked it up and took it outside. So he's a dickhead for doing that. <laughs> um, but yeah, he just bad, badassed it. And he, he was gutted because he was telling everyone it was a snake and this, that and the other. He's like, dude, it's a fucking lizard. <laughs> Jackass. I don't really, I don't, uh, I don't really have any... I, I got one story about the Everglades, the, the, the little rescue Everglades uh, from a couple of years ago. I don't know if you remember that horse. Was no, it? no, no, no. Yeah, last year, early last year, I think it was. So I got this, I picked up this little Everglades rat snake. And uh, I think it was probably four, about four foot. So it's only sort of half grown, really. They, they get fairly big. And uh, like most Everglades, it had one hell of a defensive attitude it was it didn't like anyone uh, it did not like 
life at all. So I got it home, I put it in a tub, and a little temporary tub, and before the end of the day, it was gone. Couldn't find it anywhere. Missus came home, I went, the uh, <clears throat> the uh, Ever- Everglades has got out. <laughs> she went, what? Ah, she's great. She was like, and I was going out at the time, literally about to leave leave the house, and she was like, you cannot leave me in the house with that gnarly little shithead. <laughs> and I went... I haven't got a lot of choice. I don't know where it is. I can't find it. I'd looked everywhere, high and low, in all the places I figured a snake would go. Nothing. Nada. It, it, it was gone. So we kind of forgot about it, if I'm honest. After a couple of weeks, couldn't find it. It wasn't coming out. I was trying to coax it out with food, blah, blah, blah. We, we thought it was gone. I thought the worst. You know, it got out of one of the windows or something that, you know, I'm like, yeah, it happens. Shit, it's gone. Um, it must have been two, maybe three months later. Um, my my dad came round, and I had I'd just been in the back garden <clears throat> and uh, mowed all the lawns and that, and cut all the hedges and stuff, and it was looking really nice. And he was like, "Oh, cool, let's go out in the back garden," because you know my old man loves the garden and all that good stuff. And I was like, "Yeah, come on." So he opened up the back door to the kitchen, and as he walked through the door, something just clonked him on the head. And he went, oh, like that, and sort of flinched. I went, what's the matter? I looked round. And he went, oh, there's a snake. And he's looking up, like, genuinely, when you talk about badass, he's, he's just there staring this snake right in the face. I said, don't move. He's like, I'm not. I'm cool. And he's just staring at this Everglades. He's <laughs> just staring at him, like, ready to tag him on the nose. <laughs> and, and it turns out this thing had been living in the like in the cassette line of the of the top of the door and it's just been chilling there. I don't know how long for. I really don't because you could have opened that door and shut it again and not known it was there and it would have been fine because it was a little hollow. So it could have been there for weeks. I have no idea. <clears throat> so anyway, I pick up this Everglades. I, I, I call it an absolute shit bag five times. I put it back in the tub and make sure it's all secured and sealed and safe. And actually, I'm th- pretty sure I put something on top of it so it couldn't push its way out again. And two hours later, it was gone again. No, no joke, it was <laughs> gone. It had gone straight back out of that tub, and it was gone. Luckily, it hadn't gone very far, and I'd managed to find it. But yeah, absolute. I've never known a Houdini like Everglades. The first snake I ever had as well was an Everglades rat snake. He was about, he was a good eight and a half to nine foot. He was a big colubrid who was massive <clears throat> and he managed to get out and he actually got inside my sofa and I had to flip the sofa open over and cut the bottom out to get him out because he was called all around the springs <laughs> and, and the only two snakes that have ever got out for a decent amount of time uh, have been Everglades well, rat snakes. Well, we had a Houdini Cali King um, and I don't know how it used to get out there was no way there was no hole. The vents weren't big enough. The, the the gap in the glass wasn't big enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this 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 um Cali King used to get out on a weekly basis. Um, and I, I couldn't I couldn't, couldn't figure that. it out. No, nah, ne- never. Um, and then I eventually sold him to Mike Conabear from mm-hmm. Rattlesnake Canyon, and I think he had yeah. it for about a week, and then he lost it and never saw it ever again. Wow. Um, little shitbags. Madness. It's mad. I, I don't know how they manage I, it. 
I've done that. You know, at some point, if you have a large collection, you're going to lose something. And it sucks to admit it. Nobody ever wants to admit it. But no. I've totally lost shit never found it again. It has happened. Yeah, it's really sucky. I, I, can't, I, I cannot figure out how... These were rubs as well, like proper rubs that you'd use with any snake. You know, and some, some snakes... Some snakes can live their entire life in a rub and never get out because they're, you know, they're latched, they're, they're locked up, they're, they're fine. But this Everglades managed to get out twice and after I'd put something heavy on top of it to stop it lifting the lid. That's Couldn't, bad. could not believe it. All right, Anyways, I'm getting conscious of time, Dana. Mm, shocker. I know, it's mad that, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so, but thank you for coming on the show, Brandon. It's uh, nice to chill out. Um... You there? Is he gone? Yeah, he gone? You're, you've gone very quiet, my friend. I think he's. I think he's just reading. He's got bored of my ramblings and just. He's just reading. <laughs> he's on. Por- <laughs> he's on Pornhub, isn't he? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Ex ex hamster. I love the fact he didn't deny that at all. <laughs> okay, so if anyone wants to purchase any snakes from you or get any information about what you do, how can people find you, mate? Uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Morelia House. Um, you know, Brandon Wheeler. If you look for Morelia House on Instagram or, or Facebook, I'm in the middle of building a website. I was hoping that I would have it done by the time I came on this show. I don't. I'm probably a couple of weeks out because I want to actually make it really good. But eventually, you'll be able to go to MoreliaHouse.com and it'll be the greatest website ever. The but um, for now, it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, man, that's cool. And if you want to buy snakes from me, uh, you can't because I'm pretty much already sold out. I think I have one left that's available, but hopefully next year will be good. Just hop online, say hi, follow my projects. I love talking to people. Uh, I love interacting with people off of the internet, so I'm always down for a phone conversation and some good old-fashioned bullshit. Awesome. Yeah, man. Sounds perfect. That's what, what it's all about. We're going to boot you off now. Actually, I can't boot you off. You're going to have to press the red button. Um, but thank you for coming on and spending your time. And thanks for sorting it out. I know um, there was a problem with times earlier. Um, and you're an, you're an absolute legend for just turning up, you know, two and a half hours early to do it for us. <laughs> it's been good, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Nice one. And be- okay. be- before you go, mate. Love you. Bye. Love you. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's brilliant. <laughs> uh, you know, one day someone's really gonna threaten us for saying that. Yeah, you fucking homophobes. Yeah, I, I um, yeah, I'm waiting for it. Oh, I'm man. waiting for like the death threats. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, nice bloke, man. Really nice bloke. Yeah, definitely. I've got a beard hair in my mouth. Yeah. I think we should. Ca- that's grim. I think we should uh, caption the the podcast uh, the podcast post. Um, talk chat, chilling with Brandon Wheeler while he spends the best part of the podcast on Pornhub. <laughs> I reckon that's what we should. I reckon that's what we should do. <laughs> yeah, right Well, anyways, let's get out of here. Um, guys, thanks for listening. Um, again, I'm going to repeat it all again, but I did say it earlier. Uh, if it's your first time, please check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Reptile and Chill. If you do want to help support our podcast, then please head on over to reptileandchill.bigcartel.com 
And like Brandon, we do have a website which is almost finished, so that will be available very soon. And once we've done that, we are going to close the big cartel page down. Um, that is about it. About from rock. Blah 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 blah. Um, we have got a community page. Um, we have a lot of our listeners ask questions and get involved and share things that they're doing. Um, and I think it's a really, really, really important part of the podcast as well that we all together and we all get on and we all have a laugh and there's loads of banter so if you do want to get involved in that just type in reptile and chill community group in facebook and join and we'll accept you in until then we'll see you thursday between seven o'clock and eight o'clock for our live feed um christ knows what we're, we're going to get up to on that and we'll see you <laughs> the same time next week for another podcast until then take care and we'll see you next week love you bye bye bye